Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 118. The way. Step up to the break, we got MJP and Green Man and Supreme and Champion and Chip Team. From my land to Japan and everywhere in between. Get the up to date news on the wrestling team. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, are you ready to rock? So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hit the crowd. Pop, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Thanks, Patiak, yet again, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at Michael J. Putty. And if you have listened to the show before, you know we're gonna have fun. This is your first time listening. Welcome. Remember, when you're here, your family. We're gonna have a good time. So kick back, relax, and enjoy. So let's get right into it. Last week, back in episode 117, I watched an old pay-per-view, SummerSlam 1992 from England, to get myself in the mood, to get myself ready, to get myself hyped up for the royal wedding. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It was a nice trip down memory lane, and uh, it worked. It worked for me. I think it worked for the show. Let's you know. Let's do it again. Let's start a shot of wrestling replay. 19 years ago this past week, Owen Hart passed away. I paid tribute to him back in episode 66. And as much as I would love to do that all over again, I would just be replaying all the clips and highlights that I played back in episode 66. And we here at A Shot of Wrestling are all about original content, so I'm not going to do that this year. But what do people remember about Over the Edge of 1999? You know, not much besides Owen Hart's accident. So on this anniversary, let's go back and watch the pay-per-view and re-watch everything that happened, everything that we forgot that happened. You know, my brother used to record the pay-per-views when I was a kid. And uh, when he started falling off or watching wrestling, I kind of kept that going. So when this happened, not only did I record the show live, uh, I also recorded every single news story about it. That involved Extra, uh, Inside Edition, NBC Nightly News, the local news. I recorded a lot of stuff because I don't think it really sunk in yet. It never really hit me yet until that Raw the next night. And that's where I lost it. But... I've not watched the show itself except for that night. I just never wanted to, never brought myself to watch that. So, what better pay-per-view to start the official A Shot of Wrestling replay than Over the Edge 1999? Because, yeah, other stuff happened. Let's get right into it. Kane and Xbox defeated D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry, the remaining members of a nation of domination, with a half-naked, smoking-hot-looking ivory, escorting them to the ring to retain the tag team championships in 14 minutes, 44 seconds. Al Snow defeated Hardcore Holly to retain the Hardcore Championship in 12 minutes, 53 seconds. Nicole Bass and Val Venus defeated Deborah and Jeff Jarrett in 6 minutes and 7 seconds. Billy Gunn defeated the Road Dog. What? They face each other? In 11 minutes and 14 seconds. Big Show, Ken Shamrock, Mankind, and Test defeated the Corporate Ministry of Big Boss Man, Bradshaw, Farouk, and Viscera in 14 minutes, 58 seconds. The Rock defeated Triple H via disqualification in 11 minutes, 41 seconds. And The Undertaker defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to win the WWF Championship with Mr. McMahon and Shane McMahon as special guest referees in 22 minutes, 58 seconds. So despite the tragedy itself, 
Over the Edge 1999. Sounds like a decent card. Let's see how it plays out here because we're watching it on a Shot of Wrestling replay. You know, it sounds like a good show. You know what else is a good show? The Royal Wedding. It was very nice. I said I did not wake up. I taped it. Uh, Showed amazing as expected. They kept commenting how the Royal Family is always on time. Always literally to the second. You know, America is the greatest country on earth. I think we all can agree on that. You know, despite some major flaws that we have, I think the one thing that we're lacking is the rich history and tradition, the pageantry of it all, something that was on full display of the royal wedding. We don't have that shit here in the United States that the England has. But yeah, it was a good show. That preacher was awesome, that Chicago pastor, bishop, whatever he was. You know, he almost made me believe in love. He almost made me want to get married. Almost. But his positive message delivered very well, very emotional, and... uh that was part of the highlights, for me, anyway. You know, there's so much we could talk about that event. But I could do a whole podcast about it itself. All the shows kept talking about how Hollywood celebrities infiltrated this event. Did they, though? Because Victoria and David Beckham, they're not American celebrities. Yeah, we love them over here, but they're, you know, they're British celebrities. They spent most of the time over in England, so it's not really shocking they were there. Oprah was there. Why was she there? I don't know in the first place, but she was there. I'm not an Oprah fan, so don't get me started on Oprah. It's a different show. But then, oh man, I felt bad for the cast of Suits. Each and every member of the cast was there. I saw them on my TV. I saw them get into the church. I watched the Today Show that morning. And that panel will point out each and every celebrity that was there. Celebrities I didn't even know. When someone from Suits was on, they would be like, Oh, and there's Priyanka Chopra. There's Idris Elba. Oh, and you know, you know, there's one of her castmates from Suits. I mean, you knew this event was happening. You knew they were coming. At least learn their names. I know nobody watches Suits. But at least learn their names. Don't don't make it feel degraded like that. Like go on IMDb or something. That's what it's there for. Jeez, come on, do your homework, folks. But anyway, I digress. But let's move on. As for me, you know, I'm not in the greatest shape, if you will. To put it mildly, a couple of months ago, I went to the doctor for something, and of course, he told me I should start working out. You know, I'm not a fan of working out. When I get home, I'm too tired to do anything. I'm too lazy, so I don't really work out too much, if at all. I walk around a lot at work. I go up and down the stairs a lot at work. You know, you know, that's what I do. But he told me I should start exercising more. I'm like, okay. It was that night, I think it was. I was, on, I was at home, nothing on TV. So I turned on my Xbox One, perused the store, and I found an app, Xbox Fitness app. Follow along with them. There's like aerobic workouts. There's core workouts. There's strength training workouts. I'm like, this is perfect. This is what I want to do. I don't want to leave my house to exercise, so let me do this. So that night, I downloaded it. It was for free. I think you could buy some extra classes off of it, but I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. So I downloaded it. It's in my Xbox One memory. Put my games list. And you know, I uh, never opened it. Never touched it ever again. Until this past weekend. I was so bored. I didn't feel like watching TV. I'm so backed up with my DVR. So backed up with my movies. But I was still, still too bored. So I decided this is the perfect time than any. Let me open the Xbox Fitness app. Let me start working out. Even a little bit. Let me just see what it has to offer. Just to get my mindset right, prepared of what to do. So lo and behold, I open it up. It's loading. The screen flashes green. The Xbox One logo pops up. The dots are flashing. That's loading. It's loading. It's loading. After about a minute, the screen flashes black. Then green again. And says, the lifespan of this app has been discontinued. This app is no longer supported. Well, there goes my chance of working out. How do you discontinue an Xbox fitness app? It's the only thing you got going on for Xbox. Okay? The Wii has a Wii Fitness. Why doesn't the Xbox have Wii Fitness? Well, the moral of the story is I'm going to be fat and unhealthy for the rest of my life. Thank you for nothing, Xbox One.
I get my ex-girlfriend, my Wii U, because I didn't really use it that much, and she wanted to work out. So I don't talk to her anymore. So I don't have my Wii U. So if anybody knows of any apps or games I can use for the Xbox One to help at least get me start getting in shape, let me know. DM me at Michael J. Party on Twitter and Instagram. I need to do something. I was at the doctor last week. Actually, no, I'm sorry, this week. I was like 280-something pounds. The heaviest I've ever been. Still look damn good, though. But uh, I need to start getting rid of these love handles. And right quick. Anyway, that's my story this week. But Green Man has an interview. I'm going to tell you who it is. Let's be surprised. Green Man, take it away. All right, Michael J. Putty, it is my pleasure to join you again for another great interview here on A Shot of Wrestling. Now, tonight is a very important night because instead of one person being interviewed, we have two. We have the dominating tag team that we got to see, that we're privileged to see at Standalone Wrestling. We have the rep with us. We have Nate Carter and Dave McCall. How are you gentlemen doing? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm great. I am also doing well. It is a pleasure to have you guys on the show. Like I said, we've seen you at Standalone Wrestling. It's where our first experience with you in the ring has been. Um, what have you guys been up to since then? Nate, how you been? I'm there, you know, wrestling around. Uh, myself and Dave, we just got back from England uh, this morning. Well, welcome home. Uh, we did get to see a few pictures of this beautiful house on the countryside of England, thanks to Matt Tremont's Instagram. It, how was your stay there? Did you guys all stay together? Uh, we were together for quite a while, and I told both of them, I love them dearly, but I don't want to see them for a while. I'm, tired <laughs> of them. Um, I'm sure there were other names that went with you. Uh, so who are they? Um, Ethan Page and MJF were already there. Okay. And then we went over with... Tremont, Nate, myself. And when you get a whole bunch of wrestlers in a house, what kind of shenanigans do you guys get yourself into? <laughs> Alcohol. Booze, well, booze, booze, booze. Well, it is a shot of wrestling. So, gentlemen, what is your favorite adult beverage? Uh, as I've gotten, I used to be stereotypical black dude who just loves honey. But right about now, as I've gotten older, I really, really, really love tequila. Mm. She's like my the yeah. devil for me, man. As soon as I drink tequila, everything goes downhill. I keep hearing that, and <laughs> it does it does inhibit my emotions a tad. But for the most part, I'm usually under control. All right, cool. And Nate, I'm a whiskey man. Mm. If I love Jack Daniels, I'm happy. So yeah, have you tried that new Jack Honey? By the way, yes, I drink it straight, one two ice cubes. That's all I need on a good night. Oh man. A man after our own heart. I'm telling you, Jack Daniels, if they ever wanted to be a sponsor for the Shot of Wrestling, we'll be more than happy to let them come along. I mean, we, we literally drink it every time we do this show. Uh, nice. And how was, how was the show? How, how, how did the uh, Brits treat you guys while you were there? Man, they treated us better than our fans in our home. Fed. That's the damn show. No way. <laughs> People who didn't know us still bought merch, which is always always a good look. Uh, mm -hmm. They're very, very, very positive and very excited. Just, I mean, I think they were just in the mood for something new. And mm -hmm. once again, we are most definitely not what they're used to. Yeah. Who did you guys go up against? Uh, we went up against their tag team champions, the Filthy Club. Okay. Uh, <laughs> interesting characters. <laughs> to say the least, but definitely a tough team. 
Interesting. Now, uh, Max didn't know what we planned. <laughs> you, you're gonna have to watch that. You're gonna have to watch this now that it ended, though. I can't tell you everything now. Uh, all right. So fill me in. Where could I watch what happened with IPW and you guys in England? Uh, you can check that out on CCW Studios. Fantastic. Yeah. While we bring that up, how is CCW treating the tag team champions? I feel like we've been around for so long. I feel like this was a long time coming. Uh, I feel like every opportunity we have, we do deserve. And I want even more. And CZW management won't have to get it together because we, we need more. <laughs> it's just that simple. We need competition. We need, we need more people to lay hands on, put the boots to. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward about that one. I mean, uh, I don't see why we should have to wait for anybody. I don't see why we should be the main event on every card. Uh, we've been carrying this tag division for the longest. And frankly, the fact that we have to wait for anything is just an injustice. There have been many people out there, and it's interesting that you bring that up because there's like a changing of the guard at CZW currently. And you guys have been working your butt off there, waiting for that moment. And finally, you're just taking that moment. Who are the tag teams that you want to see at in CZW that you feel, you know, like these are the guys who are going to take it to the next level? Mm, first tag team that comes to mind is the Gymnasty Boys. Okay. Uh, a comment went on Facebook not too long ago that was really funny, and it was at our expense. Mm. So I don't like that. So I feel the need that they need to be checked. Okay. Have you come across? Have you guys crossed paths ever before? Timmy Lou Ray, quite a couple of times. Mm-hmm. His partner, not so much. Yeah, I'm not familiar with White Mike too much. I mean, it, it's a lot of tag teams out there, but I don't really see anybody that's like in particular making us, you know, go, oh wow, I really need to fight early. We want everybody. Want any and everybody, any and everybody that's out there, any everybody who claims to be best. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. We don't care who you are, really. Mm-hmm. No matter how good you think you are, you're not as dominant as the rapper. That's that's what basically where I improve. Interesting that you mentioned that. On June eighth, you will be coming to BCW, making your BCW debut. And at BCW, you will be facing a tag team that many are familiar with from the Doc Pond. The Ugly Ducklings. Mm. How are you preparing for that match? <laughs> we don't worry about that too much. I mean, you can fly as much as you want to, but eventually you got to get on the ground. And when you do, we're going to punch you in the mouth. And or kicked in the mouth. Or headbutt. Whatever we feel like. Pretty much. I mean, it doesn't matter you know, how, how fast you can fly. Eventually, you're going to hit a brick wall. We mm. like being that brick wall. Ooh. Coach Mikey recently got on the social medias. And basically, I mean... I would be terrified to face you guys in the ring, first of all. Um, but he it seems like he's not afraid. It seems like he is pretty much ready. And he just wanted to let you guys know that he and the Ugly Ducklings own New York. Are you talking about Coach? Yeah, Coach Mikey. Actually, funny story. One of our old trainees grew up with Coach. Okay, fill me in. He's no longer in the business now. He's settled down with a nice young woman, I guess. And now he's falling back. But he actually messaged me on Instagram and said, it's wild that we're going to face him in the ring. And he said that when we see him, make sure we hurt him. And I told him. Done deal. <laughs> you got Coach talking about how excited he is and how ready he is. Coach, you stand on the outside of the ring, okay? And you stay out there. That's the thing. <laughs> you're not in the ring with us, okay? You're not in the ring taking these hits, so you don't know what you're ready for. Okay, so you can talk all that, you can quack all that, but at the end, he's standing outside the ring. He ain't taking any hits, so he don't know what he has in store. And as for running New York, uh, you need to check New York right now because uh, 
far as New York goes, the, the ref has been all over New York. Matter of fact, we'll be at NYWC this Saturday. So I don't know about the Ducks for running New York exactly. Well, I feel you. I feel you. There is something that we, when we started these interview series, that is really important. It's important to our host because we want to get to know the teams, the talent that is going into the ring on a level that's different than anywhere else. Um, so let's do that right now. Um, Dave, why don't you tell us your coming up story? Tell us how you got into the business and yeah, just fill us in on your journey, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, I met Nate in 2006 working at UPS down the street from the arena. I was standing outside waiting for the G bus and he was talking to someone about a wrestling video game. And I told him, I was like, Hey, yo, listen, you don't know me, but I'll bust your ass. Shit. That's how I, that's how I started the conversation with him. He looked at me very, very shockingly because I assumed he wouldn't expect that at like at all. And then we've been friends ever since then. And so he was like, you know what, one day, out of nowhere, we were friends for years, he says, we should try to be wrestlers. And I said, that actually doesn't make sense, and you can't just be a wrestler. Like, you have to train and do this and do this and do that. So for the entire year and a half, I just really got into Muay Thai just to get my body ready. Doing that type of fighting style would just make it an easier transition. Mm -hmm. And I was right. I was totally right. Um, I called DJ Hyde one night, and I was like, yo, listen, I want to be... I want to start training. And he was like, all right, cool, calm down. Nate he hits me up and was like, yo, um, I don't think I'm ready, but like, screw it, I'll come down to support you. I saw Joe Gacy, uh, Adam Cole, Kimberly, Kit Osborne, B-Boy, and I believe Ophidian was my day one. Now, you can take that however wow. you want to take it, but that was my, that was my day one class. Shit. Uh, right. So as I'm sitting there and I'm watching another student named Alfredo, he tried to do what's called a bandera. And I said, hey, yo, listen, if this big motherfucker can do that, your ass can do it. So Nate was like, you know what, screw it. Nate shows up, and we tried out that same day. We've been there ever since. Oh, man. Crazy. I like how you guys got together. And, you know, a lot of, pe- lot of people, when someone steps up to them like that, will kind of just be like, this is the last time I'm going to see this dude. Uh, but you guys were like, no, you know, this is just the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Uh, Nate, uh, how do you uh, balance life outside of wrestling? Yeah, Nate, what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're bringing up love life. We're bringing up families. You know, it's not easy. So how how do you guys do it? Uh, really don't know how. I mean, for the most part, like, really got a supportive girlfriend. Uh, really supportive family. It's really hard. <laughs> uh, you always want to move. You always want to go. But, you know, I mean, people understand that uh, when you're chasing this dream, you got to keep moving. You got to keep chasing it, you know. Gotcha. And that dream, it, it, what's your overall goal? I mean, we're like everybody else, you know, overall goal, you know, eventually, you know, we'd love to make it on the big stage, WWE, WrestleMania, and all that other good stuff. But uh, as of right now, like, you know, we just want to be everywhere we can be. We don't want you to be able to turn on the TV or check out a wrestling show or put a magazine without hearing about the rap. Mm-hmm. That's really all we want right now. Like, we want everybody everywhere to know who we are and what we do. And I'm sure you guys have come across uh, people who have either made it to the main event roster. You mentioned some of those names that you started off with or, um, you know, are working also towards that goal. Have you gotten any advice um, along the way or any input on, on how that road has been? <laughs> yeah, this weekend we did. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who'd you hear from? Uh, one of our tra- original trainers, Drew Gulak. <laughs> All right. What? How? How's his journey yeah. going with with the E? <laughs> you know, it's all Dave. 
No, I mean, once again, that that will always be our trainer, and um, he's one of those dudes who is very straightforward. I, I he took a picture next to a phone booth. We took a picture to the same phone booth. He didn't realize that we were in England, so he just was. Uh, he was like, I text him, and he was like, Yo, what? What do you want? And his first and his next couple of questions were, Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing this? And I went right back into student mode, and I literally just was like, Uh, 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 uh went right back to student <laughs> mode. <laughs> there was there was nothing else I could I couldn't respond any other way because whenever Drew says anything, it's it's just Drew being Drew. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh wow, it's so it's kind of, it's it's weird. It's like full circle a little bit because now you guys students of Drew Gulak, a few shows before we had his trainer, Mike Quackenbush on the show. It's a it's a small world when it comes to professional wrestling. Wrestling is very small. Yeah. Very small. Um so <laughs> definitely I think one of the advice that always comes up uh, on the show is always never burn your bridges, always be humble, you know, just keep your eyes down, keep on moving and working on, on what you're work, what you're doing. Uh, is there any advi- other advice that anyone has ever given you that um, has really just stuck with you that you still carry on with you every day? Keep your damn mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> when it's your That's time, right. you'll know it. When an opportunity presents itself, go for it. Don't let anybody hold you back. All right. Well, I think that's the best way for anybody who's listening to this show to kind of go off tonight. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having you. I'm looking oh, forward to June Listen, 8th. Uh, b- before we, before, yeah, I was just going to say, and we, I don't want to apologize to you in advance because, yo, we're going to hurt them boys. We're going to hurt them ducks. I'm letting you know that now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to apologize in advance. That's all. Ain't gonna be no flying bees. Ain't gonna be no quacking. Ain't gonna be no Emil Vestavets or whatever the hell his name is. Ain't none of that going down. I'm just giving you a heads up. Well, I I appreciate that. The ducks are our fan favorites, so a lot of people so? will take that personally. So, very well, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on a shot of wrestling, Nate, Dave. I will see you on June the 8th. Tickets are available at Eventbrite. You don't want to miss this one. Uh, We've seen you guys in action, and I feel like this is not even a threat. It's pretty much a promise. Uh, Ducklings, you better watch out. Michael J. Putty. That's right, folks. Get used to that theme song. You're going to hear a lot about it in the next coming years. That's a theme song to Fox Sports. Because WWE has reportedly agreed to a deal with Fox to make them the new home of SmackDown Live in what is being described as a massive offer. A report from the Hollywood Reporter notes that the deal is in the region of $1 billion, with a B for five years starting in October of 2019, which breaks down to $205 million a year annually. And on my TV screen, I'm watching Jeff Jarrett and Deborah versus Val Venus and Nicole Bass, and I just forgot how smoking hot Deborah was. I saw her in person, smoking hot in person as well. I wonder what she's up to nowadays.
If you're listening, dial it up, 619-343-3005. Let us know. Come on the show. Anyway, back to the news. In addition, the report reveals that a third party did make a much, much larger bid, which was likely probably Amazon or Facebook, like we mentioned last week. But the WWE ultimately decided to go with Fox as they committed to promoting the blue brand across their programming, which includes the NFL and Major League Baseball, I think NASCAR as well, soccer. So they have a much larger audience to promote SmackDown Live than, I guess, USA did or Amazon and Facebook. Now, unfortunately, there's also some reports which note that SmackDown will be moving back to Friday nights, which, of course, would mean much, much lower ratings. And many have been wondering if it would revert back to a tape broadcast rather than a live broadcast. WWE and Fox have yet to comment or confirm the story, but an official statement is expected sometime next week. We'll keep you updated. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I wasn't a big fan of SmackDown going to Fox. I didn't mind Raw, but SmackDown going to Fox Sports 1. It's a C-list network. Not many people know where it is. I don't even know where it is. It's on my favorites because I don't even know what channel it's on. But yeah, I'm not going to change my DVR. But it's at 2019. So it's like a year and a half left, so... We'll keep you updated and see what happens. In other news, Deborah shirt just came off. Whoa. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Another news. Well, the stock is once again in the news and has broken its own record now for the third time this month of May alone. The company's stock leapt to $59.91 earlier this week, with the previous record set last week of $51.60. Since last month, the stock in the company has jumped nearly $20 per share, one of the largest jumps in company history. Of course, the jump is more likely due to the Fox Sports deal. So, we'll see what happens with that. And once again, another week goes by. I didn't buy it. And now, of course, I'm screwed. I lost a lot of money again. But who did not miss out on this was Vince McMahon. In the news broke this week that Vince McMahon has finally reached and matched the net worth of Ted Turner. According to Forbes magazine, both McMahon and Turner are now worth both $2.2 billion with Vince's rise in wealth being due to the stock increase. Now of note, Turner's wealth has maintained $2.2 billion for the last four years, whilst McMahon's has nearly doubled in the last four years from $1.2 billion. So good job, Vinnie Mac. Congratulations to you. In other news. The libel and slander trial between Dr. Chris Amon and CM Punk and Colt Cabana was delayed this week as both sides were discussing a possible settlement. The only real recent activity on this case has been Cabana submitting six pieces of evidence last week, presumably the audio from his podcast in question. Amon has been seeking one million in damages for the comments Punk made about him during said podcast. One source close to the case has noted that, and I quote, the defense a Punk's team has worked long and hard on building a case for trial. Anything is possible, but defense is ready and prepared for a jury trial. Jury selection will begin next week, if not sooner, so we'll keep you updated. In other news, the Big Show has described his new contract with the WWE as quote-unquote humbling after signing a new three-year deal to company. Speaking on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, he said he met with both Vince and Triple H and said the new contract was a huge sign of respect, saying in part, and I quote, both of them really appreciated the work I gave to the company and put me in a position of where, I mean, they gave me this deal in January and I haven't done a damn thing yet. It's the big show. You know he's doing something. He had a minor injury setback, so he was coming back to the ring. He's coming back 
a little later than we expected, but he's enjoying being a brand ambassador, doing this Be A Star campaign, doing the press tours, doing these interviews. Do you want to see the Big Show back in the ring? Do you think he can hold a major storyline? What's the future hold for the Big Show? Let us know. Dial it up, 619-343-3005. Speaking of contract extensions, it's been reported that Sasha Banks has signed a new deal, a new multi-year deal. The terms of the the terms of the agreement have not been disclosed as of yet, but your girl Sasha Banks is hanging around for a couple more years at least. In other news, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. WWE will be extending the length of their pay-per-views from here on out, starting with Money in the Bank. The company has reportedly told international broadcasters that the show will now start at 7 p.m. Eastern and will last for four hours, as well as an hour-long kickoff show. The report also states that the big shows such as SummerSlam will last longer than four hours. And while on the subject of bad news, the WWE has allegedly lost all interest in their tag team division, according to Mike Johnson. Speaking on PW Insider Elite Audio, Johnson said the general feeling around the WWE was that there is no money to be made in the tag team division right now. He said, and I quote, I think they've decided that nobody involved in the tag team division is worth their time. And they're not going to invest into it because they don't think it makes them any money. And that's that. The Usos can't make you money. The New Day can't make you money. They've been the top seller since, what, 2015, 2016? We talked about a couple weeks ago. So there is money to be made in the tag team division if you book it properly, if you push it properly. Please do not give up on the tag team division just yet. Please invest some time. That's all you need. Just give them time, and they will show you what they got. There's a lot of talent in the tag team division. Please, please do not abandon it just yet. Speaking of the tag team division, sort of quote-unquote, I guess, the WWE reportedly received over $1 million from Facebook to host the Mixed Match Challenge. Facebook paid an average of $100,000 per episode. Oscar and Miss received $100,000 for their charity, Rescue Dogs Rock, whilst the other tag teams received $10,000 for their charity, something they failed to mention, I believe. In other news, story we broke on our social medias at A Shot of Wrestling on Instagram, Shot of Wrestling, no A on Twitter, A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, and Johnny Nitro, also John Morrison, will be appearing on the next season of Survivor. I think it's like the 34th season. This season will be called David vs. Goliath. Don't know what that means. I don't watch Survivor. To me, it sounds like the big jocks versus the nerds, which I've done before, so I guess it's just a different name. But yeah, good for John Morrison, the second WWE superstar to appear on Survivor. Who was the first? That's right, Ashley Macero. So good luck to John. If you watch Survivor, you want to report on it, please let us know. Dial it up, 619-343-3005. Let us know how he does. And finally, in other news, and unfortunately for the second week in a row, it's sad news. Lisa Capitelli, the wife of Matt Capitelli, recently announced a couple weeks ago that her husband will be undergoing radiation treatments for his brain cancer. Well, we can report that the treatment has now been stopped and she took to her official blog to give us an update. It's a long, lengthy, heartbreaking update. And it reads, in part, Here we are right now. Matt finished his radiation treatment last week. Do they help? I don't know yet. It's been slow, steady decline for the last few months. Sometimes, sometimes I just can't even believe this is happening to me. Like, how do you imagine life without the person who is your life? It almost, it almost feels like I'm living in a dream, no a nightmare. I'm okay right now because I still have his hand to hold. I'm okay right now because I say I love you and I get 
to hear him whisper, I love you back. But when he's not, you might as well rip my heart from my chest. I'm trying to imagine life without him. I try to prepare myself for the outcome, but I just can't really know what it would feel like. Life without him seems meaningless. I cannot imagine what she's going through, but we will keep him in our thoughts and prayers. Keep fighting the good fight. And once again, we'll keep you updated. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown. And Impact. Here and Heat. Raw sucked, as per usual. I'm going to heal the biggest heel of Raw, I think, in the last couple months. That Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley segment. I mean, that goes without saying. The crowd was dead. I was dead. It didn't make me support Bobby Lashley, nor did it make me hate Sami Zayn anymore, or any less. It was a pointless, boring segment that I think fell flat. They hoped it would deliver more than it did, but it didn't. It sucked. Wasted our time. So Bobby Lashley for Sami Zayn for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. You know, that's your bathroom break. That's the time you go to the bar and get a couple of drinks. Maybe a shot ski. If you come to the Crown Room in Bayside, Bell Boulevard, get a shot ski with your boy Green Man and at Michael J. Putty. It's going to be a stupid match. Most of the cheers to return for Stephanie McMahon. Good to see her back in my TV as always. She did a great job during that contract signing. Instigating both parties. Trying to get both these faces riled up to hate each other, to get motivated to win. I read somewhere online that someone said that she was only out there because the WWE did not have any confidence in Ronda Rousey or Nia Jax to deliver a solid promo. And uh, unfortunately, not for nothing, I kind of agree with them. I think that segment would have gone a lot worse if Stephanie was not there. So good job to Stephanie to know her role and deliver where she needed to deliver. You know what I'm a fan of? No Way Jose. I think the entrance song is kind of catchy, but it's pointless. It's like Adam Rose. He comes in, and I think he comes in just to lose. I think he's enhancement talent with a gimmick. But if you listen to us on the regular, you know we are close with BCW. We know Ali Rex of Federated. And wouldn't you know, I popped up off my couch when I saw the lead hot woman of the conga line for No Way Jose being... Federated Zone Alley Rex, whom you can follow on Instagram at Alley Rex, A L L I E R E C K S, on Instagram and Twitter. So I haven't really had the experience of seeing someone on TV that I know. Like me and her, Mike Orlando, our boy Eric Jaden, Naya Kennedy were at the Elk Lodge like a month ago at the bar, drinking, hanging out, having a good time. Now here she is on my TV. Upon further inspection, Hot Dog Starks was in that crowd as well. Joe Gacy was on that crowd as well. But it's cool to see guys you know, see the indie talent that you've seen and have hung out with on Raw, even as a minor character. So it's a good start. It's a good foot in the door. And I know the WWE is looking for participants for the second annual May Young Classic. And I hope they keep Ali Rex in mind because that's going to be a standout. Uh, final cheers for Raw because I got to cheer something because Raw sucked. You know, the BT celebrating their victory. You know... The B team celebrating their victory like they won the Stanley Cup. They won a match against Breeze Dango again, and they just went overboard with the celebration. And, you know, it makes sense. It fits the storyline. It fits the gimmick they're going with. So, you know, not for nothing, I enjoyed that. I found that entertaining. One of the highlights of Raw amongst 
nothing else. SmackDown, however, was way better than Raw. SmackDown this week started out with the Miz TV segment, which I found very entertaining. I cheers that with the Miz and the New Day. Then a bit of a verbal scuffle with two of the best guys on the microphone right now. And, you know, at the end, Miz wanted to leave and they kept throwing pancakes at his face, chanting shame. Throw a pancake in his face. Shame. Another pancake. Shame. So the crowd got involved. And I watched this with Irwin, the voice, the man of a thousand opinions, Escobar. And he noted that the New Day are kind of the best in the business right now at making pop culture references that are relevant and make sense that people know. Of course, shame, if you don't know, is a reference to Game of Thrones. And uh, later on, another cheers is the New Day in commentary. At one point, Irwin marked down about Kofi Kingston saying, the power of positivity compels you, which is another take on the exorcist. So the New Day verbally are great. They're great in the microphone. They're great in the ring. New Day is great, which is why I'm surprised they have lost interest in their tag team division. You know, halfway through the match, they even did a corner break, a la boxing or MMA, for Big E, and in which Xavier Woods came off commentary and Kofi Kingston went on commentary. Overall, overall, it was a great opening segment for SmackDown. Great opening match for SmackDown. Great way to start SmackDown. I'm going to cheers Lana. Lana Day. Good for her picking up her first victory on SmackDown. Good for her having Aiden English come out with her to hype her up even more. Good for her for getting an opportunity. As we saw on Total Divas, the E kind of have given up on her. And they kind of relegated her to be back as a mouthpiece, as a manager, as a valet. But now here she is getting a shot at Money in the Bank. So good for her. Now, is this Russo Day leading to like a, a faction? Because as we reported, Lana, when she made her re-debut on SmackDown, she was trying to cause some tension between Russo Day. But last week, she didn't. Now, this week, she's coming out with Aiden English. And Aiden English is actually hyping her up. Even with Lana Day chants, Lana Day signs. So I'm hoping that, lean, so I'm hoping that means they're not trying to split them up anymore. Make this a cohesive unit. And only knows... How long till we get a Lana Day t-shirt? Let me know because I will pre-order that shit right now. That's Raw SmackDown. SmackDown was way better. Raw sucked. Let's get some impact. This week, I watched the show top to bottom. Didn't miss anything. Happy I didn't. Good show overall. I'm going to cheers. One of the opening matches was a tag team match. It featured Ariel Star and Drago. And Josh Matthews said, if you want to see more of these guys, make sure you tune into the season four premiere of Lucha Underground on the El Rey Network. Once again, it's good to see Impact cross-promoting, putting over other talent, especially talent that is wrestling on their show. That's different. It's refreshing. You don't, like I said, you don't see that on WWE. WWE is the be-all, end-all. So is Lucha Underground now on par with Impact? Or does Impact feel they're way superior to Lucha Underground that, that they can promote them? Let us know. 619-343-3005. What is the current tier system of Lucha Underground? We're going to heal here. Eddie Edwards. He came out, attacked Sammy Callahan. His wife, Melissa, came out ringside telling him to stop, begging him to stop, telling him it was over with. Finally, they broke it up. Security came down, stopped at madness. But after the commercial, they cut to Eddie Edwards and his wife talking backstage about what happened. But they were in totally different clothing. His wife, Melissa, was at ringside with no makeup on, yet she was backstage with a full face of makeup. Mm. So I know the tape impact weeks in advance, but you know, where's the continuity here? You gotta be more careful. You know, she paid more attention to what's going on. That's all I'm saying. Continuity is big, especially in professional wrestling or sports entertainment. 
whatever you guys deem yourself nowadays. Another heel for Impact is they, they showed a throwback clip from the Global Wrestling Network. You know, that's cool. I love throwback clips. I love seeing the old things, especially for Impact stuff I have not seen. However, they showed a clip of Jeff Hardy and Bully Ray talking about how much they respect each other, how much they've grown up in the business together, how much history they made in the business together. It was kind of a love fest. And Bully Ray was challenging Jeff Hardy for the championship belt at, what's it called? Lockdown. I think the next weekend. But then Hulk Hogan comes out and talks about how much he respects them. He loves what they've done in the business, blah, blah, blah. But however, he wants to find a leader for the Impact locker room. So it was kind of a love fest, but then Aces and Eights came out to attack both of them. And both of them kind of fend off Aces and Eights and kind of stand united. That whole segment, I think it was over 10 minutes long. Maybe 13 minutes long. Yeah. You don't air a 13-minute clip, okay? You're taking away from all the other talent you have on your roster to promote another match. To maybe start another rivalry. You know, when E does this, they show clips of throwback stuff occasionally, but it's like 30 seconds, maybe a minute. You guys show the whole thing from start to finish. Whew. Waste of time. You know, I'm kind of happy you did because I did not see that originally, but it kind of took away from the Impact show, took away from the flow. Shorter clips next time. We know people from the E are listening, and this is the opportunity to see if people from Impact are listening. Shorter clips next time. Now, do I know who Trevor Lee is? Do I? You know, Green Man was upset with me last week because I did not know who Brian Cage was because apparently I was supposed to know who this guy was, but whatever. But Trevor Lee looks familiar. I didn't know his name, but when I saw him on my screen in those cards promoting the match later on in the night, I know that guy. But where do I know him from? It has to be BCW or HOG. I don't think it's BCW, so I'm guessing it's HOG. But Trevor Lee, look him up. Get back to me at Michael J. Putty on Twitter and Instagram. Let me know where I know this guy from. I just can't put my finger on it. He's very familiar. And is there some sort of storyline going on with this mystery backstage attacker? And apparently they leave some sort of uh, calling card. I wonder where this is going. I don't know how long this has been going on, but I wonder where this is going. So if you've been watching Impact for a while now, do you know what's going on? Or do you have a feeling? Do you know who it is or where this is going? Dial it up. Dial it up. 619-343-3005. You know, fill me in. I'm lost. School me, baby. And also, do they not have an announcer's table on Impact? Because they showed a clip of Madison Rain interfering with Tessa Blanchard coming from the commentary table. But any time we heard the commentary, it was from a studio with a green screen with Josh Matthews and that guy, Don Callis. So were they not supposed to be at ringside? What's going on? Because when we heard the ring announcing, as compared to them being in studio in front of the green screen, the audio levels were different. Didn't sound the same. So are they there at ringside somewhere? Or are they announcing from a studio in Nashville, Tennessee? Nothing I plan on learning in the next couple of weeks for Impact. I don't know what's going on here. But one thing I do know is that next Thursday is their under pressure, quote unquote, I guess, pay-per-view. I don't know what they call it nowadays. But their pay-per-view live for free on Pop TV. It's going to feature Brian Cage versus Desmond Xavier. In a number one contenders match for the X Division Championship, Tessa Blanchard goes against Madison Rain. Ali defends the Impact Knockout Championship against Sue Young in a last rights match, which sounds like, from the description, just like a casket match. And in their main event, Pentagon Jr. defends the Impact World Championship against Austin Aries. Let us know your predictions at Monkey J Party on Twitter and Instagram. Let's get into some ratings. 
This week's Raw drew 2.668 million, which is down 2.6% from last week's 2.741. This is also the lowest episode of 2018 and the lowest viewership since June 12th of 2017. Raw was number three in the night for viewership behind the NBA playoffs and Hannity. Raw was number four in the 18 to 49 demographic behind the NBA playoffs, SportsCenter, and Love and Hip Hop. The NBA playoffs topped the night with almost 8 million viewers. SmackDown. This week's SmackDown drew 2.195 million, which is down 4.5% from last week's 2.298. This is the lowest SmackDown since Halloween of 2017, and the lowest non-holiday SmackDown since June 13th. SmackDown was number seven in the night in viewership behind the NBA playoffs. Inside the NBA playoffs, Hannity, Retro Maddow, The Ingram Angle, and Tucker Carlson. SmackDown was number three in the night in the 18 to 49 demographic behind the NBA playoffs. Inside the NBA. Once again, the NBA playoffs topped the night with more than 10 million viewers. Impact. This week's Impact drew 263,000, which is down from last week's 326,000, and is the lowest viewership since February's 22nd. Impact ranked 109 in the cable's top 150, which is down from last week's 108. The NBA playoffs topped the night in the 18 to 49 demographic in viewership with more than 10 million across the board. Now, last week I hyped up the fact that I was said I was going to watch Impact impact ratings skyrocketed i think i call it the putty effect so i was kind of disappointed this week but however i learned that last week impact had no competition with the nba playoffs so i'm still holding true the putty effect but of course nothing competes to the nba playoffs so once that dies down we'll see how these ratings for both raw smackdown and impact level out well that's that let's get into some go home thoughts as announced on smackdown live the miz confirmed that miz and mrs We'll premiere on the USA Network on July 24th at 10 p.m., so make sure you set your DVRs. I don't think you set your DVRs so far in advance, but put a note somewhere, put a reminder in your phone, July 24th at 10 p.m., the premiere of Ms. and Mrs. Total Bell is premiered. You guys watch it. I did, of course. You know, not much to report. You know, Bertie's adorable. John and Nikki are adorable. Although their seed has been planted for tension. So we'll see what comes up on this season of Total Bellas. Sundays, I think 9 o'clock. And this week, if you follow me on Instagram at Michael J. Putty or Twitter, the XFL has opened their official shop on XFLshop.com. Merchandise includes shirts, hats, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, and much, much more. So, of course, I have the t-shirt from 2001. So, finally, I upgraded. I got the new t-shirt. And for some reason, I got the new phone case. I love my phone case. I've had it since I had this phone for three years now. But I decided to get a new phone case for some reason. So I got a t-shirt coming. I got a phone case coming. And you're damn right. When they announce these teams, the team names, the logos, the cities, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to buy me some shit. You got to support the XFL. Hashtag XFL. Hashtag XFL 2020. Man, team's so far away. But you know, like Thanos says, they'll be here before we know it. And finally, last week I mentioned how I ran to an ex-girlfriend of mine. And of course, with all the TV and movies I watched, I know I'm in her head. I know she's debating what to do, even though she's married. Probably her husband's a douchebag. Short. He's very short. I've seen him before. On accident. He's a very short man. But listen, baby, if you don't know what to do, if you're debating whether or not to contact at Michael J. Putty, there's someone who can help you with that. Dial it up. 619-343-3005. Eric Jaden's love hotline is back. He's here to help you out. The love hotline is always open. He's waiting for your phone call. Dial it up. Once again, 619-343-3005. It is toll free. But that's all I got this week. Hope you all enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Remember, we just don't have a day off from work, if we're lucky. 
take that time to remember those who served our country and pay the ultimate sacrifice. And you know, then go have a barbecue. So happy official start to the summer. Like we always say on the show, the show is from the fans to the fans. Make sure you get involved in the conversation. Inbox at shotofwrestling.com. A shot of wrestling on Facebook and Instagram. Shot of wrestling, no A on Twitter. We're posting stuff nonstop on Instagram. I'm posting stuff on Facebook and Twitter. Get involved in the conversation. Leave comments, leave questions, and we'll read them and uh, answer them live here on the air. We here at the show are getting ready for Summer on Smash, BCW's event on June 8th at the world-famous Elks Lodge. Tickets are still available. Make sure you're there. We will be there recording live to tape for an episode. So make sure you stop by our table, pick up some merch. And of course, the next night, June 9th, HOG is presenting Temperature Rising at an NYC arena featuring a meet and greet with WWE Hall of Famer, one of my favorites of all time as a kid, even till his day. J-E-double-F, ha-ha! J-A-double-R-E-double-T, the Hall of Famer, Jeff Jarrett himself. If you're around either June 8th or 9th, great weekend of indie action here in the tri-state area. That's it, folks. Another show's in the books. Episode 118. For the Green Man, for Owen Hart, rest in peace. I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, wrestling fans, hybrid Sean Carr here, and I'm here to tell you that next week, I'm going to be special guest on the Shadow Wrestling Podcast. Check it out. Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. Ha 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night everybody! <laughs>